0: I have to say that um, last night my wife and I were, were talking and realized that every week so far in 2019, uh, somebody in our house has been really sick and, and just kind of struggling with health. And uh, I guess I wanted to let you know that, uh, because if it looks like I have it together right now, it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other is because there have been many in our parish that have uh, been in the same boat, it seems like, this month. There's a lot of us that have dealt with sickness. There was the week where literally it seemed like Ebola had spread through Lamb of God. Uh, and, um, but this season is so full of sickness that many of us uh, wind up becoming quite accustomed to it. We, we get accustomed to, to sickness and and bad health. Um, we become accustomed to the plagues that seem to be in our midst. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I can immediately think of the plague of cancer that just seems to not go away, despite the, the heaviness in many of our prayers for individuals. But I, I have since now started pl- praying just for all of cancer to be gone from our midst. But my approach to to thinking about sickness and disease is, is the way many of us approach to it that this this just seems to be a force of nature, and that 's just how it is it's my turn now to get cancer it's my turn now to to deal with emphysema it 's my turn now to deal with whatever life seems to hand at us and in fact that's even the phrase that many of us wind up using. What does life have in store for me next? Maybe, maybe the plague that is coming my way is, is the one of economic force, where the world just conspires against me to, to make it to where I no longer have a job, or that it makes it hard for me to put any money to the side for my future and just begin living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe that's the force that has already come upon you in this world. But that's really the language that we often use. And And the problem with using that language is that we immediately put it into a language that makes it seem the Lord has nothing to do with it that the Lord would have nothing to say about this, that the Lord would have nothing to do with its healing, nothing to do with my demise, nothing to do with what's going on in my life. It's just the way the world is. Have you ever been told that before? I have to ask myself then, however did we become so modern? that we began to think the Lord has nothing to do with it. Whenever in our own personal lives did we progress to the point that we forgot and have started to assume that the Lord has nothing to say about this. Dallas Willard, one of the more profound Christian philosophers of our time, once told a story of when this was introduced, this kind of thinking, started to show up in our midst he tells the story of a harvard university president and a professor way back in the 1800s and back in that time the university professor was responsible to read all the books that their teachers were teaching from (laughs) must have been a very smart person but a book came across his path that was to be used in a political science class and And he noticed something strange about this book is that it mentioned nothing about God whatsoever in this political science book. That in no way did it ever mention anything about God or what he had to do with anything with political science. And so he sent a note to the professor, why is there nothing mentioned in this book about God? And the professor's simple response is, the reason God is not mentioned in this book is because God has nothing to do with the subject matter. And now maybe that doesn't sound all that radical to us. But certainly at, a time, at at some point in time, that would have been a radical thought. But that is now our common thinking. And not just in our political science, but in every part of our life. Where the question really is, what does the Lord have to do with this? But at least give me the liberty to tell you this now. The Lord has something to do with our politics. He has something to say with the way we govern. He has something to say about the unborn. He has something to say and to do with the poor in our world. He has something to say and to do with the cancer that plagues us. He has something to say and to do with all those things that come into our life, including our economic hardship, our wayward children, our dismantled families. He has something to say and to do with every element in our life. We are certainly secure as Lutheran Christians, and knowing the very foundation of this. We preach Christ crucified. We know that He has come and He has come to take our sins away. He has gotten at the foundations of who we are. He has spoken to these wayward hearts of ours and He can take that sin and He can turn it into grace. He can remove its weight and its heaviness. And he has assured us in his resurrection that this is no end for us. But let's not fall into the trap of thinking that there is nothing between Christmas and Good Friday and Easter. But Jesus spent a lot of time walking and talking about the kingdom of God. He spent a lot of time healing. Placing his hand on those that nobody else would touch. Talking to those that no one else would go near. Speaking of something new and doing away with the old. In our New Testament reading in our Gospel today, we hear of three instances where Jesus is out among the crowds and he is speaking first in the synagogue and he is talking. He's talking about the kingdom of God coming at this time and the way it is being introduced into Israel and a man stands up in the back and begins to taunt him. And at first I thought to have only one voice interrupt your sermon would be incredible. But it would be really disturbing. It would be off-putting. I, I, I thought of earlier where uh, we had a visitor that once came among us and <clears throat> sent an email afterwards and, and said that uh, I loved your church. Your people are so warm and welcoming, and I agree, you know. And, and uh, I then said, but the the noise is just too much. Can you do something about that? And I just said, no. <laughs> <laughs> We have children, (laughs) and the noise is mostly mine. (laughs) But it would be that form of interruption, of just off-putting to everybody in complete silence, and to hear somebody stand up in the back and yell. And the amazingness, really, in that story, though most of us would be scandalized by that happening, wasn't that, but actually that Jesus, at that moment, spoke to that person, didn't ignore him didn't dismiss him as the crazy guy that came off of the street, the one who took our breakfast kit and came in on accident, but actually spoke to him and healed him in that moment, casting out the demons. And all who were there were amazed at his authority. He didn't cast out demons in somebody else's name. He didn't even call upon the name of God, but by his own authority in speaking, The demon came out. The Lord has something to do with us. The Lord has something to say now. He speaks into our illness, He casts out the demons that we have, the ones that haunt us, that bring us back to our addictions the ones that constantly try to sow that doubt into your mind. He even speaks into our mental illness, into the storms that come into our own heads and seek to bring us down. The next story is one that always amazes me. I once read a book called Spencer's Mountains. You might remember the movie, even. But in the, in the story of Spencer's Mountain, there was a, uh, the wife who had had many kids, <laughs> and, and she was about to have another, and as she felt the pains of labor going on, she went around the house and she cleaned the house because she knew the doctors would be coming over and all the neighbors to help. And so then she, she gave birth in the house, and after a little nap, got up, to begin serving everybody that came to see the baby. This seems to be the story of Simon's mother-in-law, getting up right out of bed to begin to serve the very people that heal him. But the amazing thing, though it shows the strength of women in the story, might I say, isn't just that, but is here someone who becomes a hero of the early church, Peter, of who oftentimes would speak when no one else would speak, who we see stand up with great courage in the New Testament and in the the Acts of the Apostles. And even he, in his own family, needed God to come in and heal. Even him, in all of his strength, couldn't do it, but he needed Jesus to come in and speak out the fever from his mother-in-law. It shows the authority and the power of our God, and by his very word in our own lives can actually do something. That in our own fevers, of which I have had already this year, (laughs) that our immediate moment is to turn in on ourselves is to find ourselves in isolation, either by our own doing or by others saying you should go home and be alone. (laughs) (laughs) And we take that isolation to the max. But here we need to bring our fevers to the Lord. We need to bring our cancers, our sickness, our addictions, our drugs. We need to take what it is that we have in our life, and we actually need to bring it to God. And there are times where that healing feels like it is not coming, but in every moment of that sickness and in that disease, you have someone there who is actually listening to you, who you can never say again, I've talked too much, I'm sorry. I've said too many things but one who is constantly there in all of our prayers, in all of our needs, and who has actually something to say about what's going on in our life. The Lord has something to do with it. The crowds seem to know this at this time. It didn't stop with the healing of Simon's mother-in-law. In In fact, the crowds brought all of their ill out. They brought all of their disease to him. Hoping, just praying that maybe he would respond and heal them. And he healed them as he went. The crowds knew it so much that they actually wanted him to stay. And I can tell you it would be really nice to have free health care. And that's what they wanted. They wanted him to be there. They wanted him to be at the call in the middle of the night. They wanted him to visit their mother-in-law whenever she came down. They wanted him to stay in their area. The scriptures said that the crowds would have done anything that they possibly could have done to keep him there until he said these words. I have to go to preach the good news of the kingdom of God in all the other towns Maybe maybe you are more like the crowd Maybe you have no problem inviting the Lord into all the parts of your life But I'm guessing you are like me You are a modern American And you find it hard to let the Lord into all parts of your life. You find the same statement as the Harvard professor. The Lord has nothing to do with the subject matter. But the Lord has something to do with it. He's brought the kingdom of God. He's brought a way to the Lord. He has brought the very person that we need to pray to into your lives. He's brought Himself to be here with us. And He is commanded over our spirits and over all of our sin, and He is healed in those places. But I have to tell you, if the Lord cares about your soul, He also cares about your body. If the Lord cares about your sin, He also cares about your health. If the Lord cares about your well-being, He also cares about your neighbor's. If the Lord cares about your neighbors, He cares about the person shooting up at the corner of our parking lot. If the Lord cares about the person there, He cares about the kings of this world and about the armies that march. He cares about those who have yet not taken a breath in life to the very elderly who have had too many. He cares and has something to say about all of those things. For the kingdom of God is not for just our cobwebs and our dark closets, but for the whole house of you. So make him a part of you. Remember your baptism. Remember how the Lord has not only claimed your sin, claimed your soul, but he has claimed all of you. For when he returns, He's not returning for just a portion of you he's coming to raise all of you he's coming to bring life to all of these dead bones of ours and he's already showed us that he has the power to heal the power to cast out and the power to raise the lord has something to do with it does he not? Mm -hmm. Amen?